Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The LSU Tigers. LSU wins the BCAC one team, one heartbeat. The New Orleans Hornets select Anthony Davis. And I'll tell you, Mardi Gras about to break out. Talk here. about my thing. To the 20. Geis. Touchdown. Who that? This is the Chris Gordy Show. And away we go. Welcome in, New Orleans. This is the Chris Gordy Show, Sports 1280. Got a big show for you this morning, and we'll get things started right out of the gates. Catch up with our friend Jason Cole, longtime NFL writer. Of course, you remember all those years at Bleacher Report and Yahoo. Jason, how are you, sir? Good morning to you. I'm great. What's going on, Chris? Hey, Jason. So we talked to with you earlier in the year when uh, I think it was around that time when the Saints were 0-2 and just we were feeling pretty miserable about them after that loss to the Vikings and the loss to the Patriots. And we were we were literally here talking about Sean Payton being fired. Do you move on from Drew Brees and just all this stuff? And lo and behold, Jason, this team somehow turned things around. One, defensively, the defense just suddenly sprouted and started playing really well. The offense started clicking. They have a run game for the first time in eight years. And suddenly this team has run off seven in a row. What do you make of this New Orleans Saints team? Well, it's really interesting. I mean, actually, it's fascinating how they flip the script defensively. But I, I think the thing that impresses me most, and I always harken back to the year that they won the Super Bowl, is they did a really great job of marrying philosophies. In other words, you had this high-paced, high-scoring, quick, you know, passing-oriented offense, right, driven by Drew Brees. And then you had... Greg Williams with a very aggressive turnover-oriented defense, right? It, that that really went after it and created more opportunities. And the philosophy was, hey, if we can just get an extra possession or two with this offense, then we should be able to dominate games. Well, what I'm looking at now is basically a marriage of philosophies, but it's very different. It's now a run game um, primarily with the two running backs. You know, they found a way to make it work, and they got rid of the distraction of Adrian Peterson, which was, you know, probably fair for everybody involved because this wasn't what Adrian wanted, and it wasn't what the Saints wanted. It was, the, the running game was, but they didn't realize they were going to get so much from Kamara. Mary with a defense that um, is more bend but don't break, you know, not high-flying, trying to force turnovers all the time. But I give Sean Payton a lot of credit because most coaches get stuck in one philosophy, one way of doing things. He's basically flipped it around and adjusted to the fact that Drew and that offense are not as explosive as they once as they once were. When we talk about the teams that are in contention right now in the NFC, and, and I heard some of the national uh, talking heads mentioning it this week, but the fact when you talk about, you know, and things could change here in the next six, seven weeks, but if all remains the same, and kind of these are the teams we're talking about with Minnesota, Philadelphia, Los Angeles, and, and, and the Saints, um, 
experience matters in the po- in the postseason more often than not. And so if you're talking about, you know, who do you trust most if, if all these teams are, are right on par being equal, you know, when you talk about Goff and Wentz, those are two guys just in their second years. With the Vikings, they're rolling with Case Keenum for now. I mean, it, it, when you look at those teams, you have to like Drew Brees and the Saints because they've been there. He's he's won an MVP in the Super Bowl before, and, and they've been there, done that before. Did, would you agree with that? Absolutely. Look, one of the most critical things, elements to um, to success in the playoffs is the quarterback. Look over the last 15 years. Tell me how many mediocre quarterbacks have won Super Bowls. It's been <laughs> Roethlisberger, Rodgers, Breeze, Eli, um, Brady, Peyton Manning, right? I mean, <laughs> they probably collectively have minimum, you know, great quarterbacks have minimum 14 of the last 15 Super Bowls. It has been a long time since we saw a Brad Johnson or a Trent Dilfer win a Super Bowl. And that's because normally you have to have one of those guys to be able to compete to make those four or five critical plays because the other side's probably going to have a guy like that as well. You're going to be matched up, in, you know, you're going to be in a great matchup of great quarterbacks. This year is one of those years where I think we're regressing to the norm in terms of quarterbacks a little bit. And we have a chance where I think. A mediocre quarterback has a chance to, to win a Super Bowl. Somebody, or a young guy at least, like a Wentz or a Goff, but a mediocre quarterback like Alex Smith. All of that's to say, if you have one of those guys, like a Drew Brees, who knows how to get you into the right play and keep you out of bad plays, uh, who can come up with a big throw in a critical situation, who is not going to be shocked or surprised by something, yeah, you have a huge leg up. So, when I handicap the, the playoffs, I almost always do it by just look at the quarterbacks and see who's the best one. It's amazing, Jason. I mean, their run game has been so good, especially this past week at Buffalo. My goodness. I mean, over six yards to carry with Ingram and Kamara back there. But Yeah, it, that game, come on. But that game was, like, they got the big lead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they got the big lead and they just melted it. And there was nothing, there was nothing that, you know, the opposition could do at that point in time. But, but Buffalo, Buffalo was undefeated at home, Jason. It's a, it's a hard place to go yeah, in and win. Yeah, they're still, uh, look, I'm not <laughs> buying the Bills. Yeah. Yet. It was a nice one. It's a nice one. Look. This year, take them, take them all, compile the best record you can, try and get that home field advantage, all those things that we talked about. Because, again, I think the separation between teams is not particularly great this year, right? I think this is a year where little things are going to matter a lot. And, again, you're going to have just an okay quarterback you know, be able to win, to win a title. That's, that's that opportunity this year. So I don't mean to downgrade any win, but, like, Buffalo's just okay. You know, like, they're just a <laughs> mediocre team in a, in a year where there are a ton of mediocre teams. Talking with Jason Cole, longtime uh, NFL writer. Jason, we've been critical of uh, Mickey Loomis and the drafts that the Saints have had in recent years, and rightfully so, but they seem to have struck gold. They brought in Jeff Ireland a little over a year ago, and whatever he's brought in from their scouting side, I mean, they really struck gold this year with the, with this draft from Marshawn Lattimore to Ryan Ramchick to Alvin Kamara, Marcus Williams, even Trey Hendrickson, their their third-round pick, is has been coming off the edge getting some sacks. I mean, this may be one of their better drafts in, in well over a decade. Yeah, I mean, look, this has been successful. This is the upside that you occasionally get after experiencing so much downside. I, the one thing with personnel that – the longer you go in analyzing personnel, especially with one general manager and whoever he's got underneath him, whether it's Ozzie Newsom or Bill Belichick, 
you find out that the percentage difference between those who are successful with the draft and those who are not um, is really small. Like, you know, like really good drafters are, are draft right about 53 to 55 percent of the time. And that's a big range of what is right. You know, whether it's a starter in the first, second, or third round, or a really good special teams player slash backup in the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round. You know, a guy who plays for you for four years, things like that. But this is the upside, and milk it for all it's worth. I mean, I give Jeff Ryland a lot of credit. Now, he's in a contract year. Uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if anybody ever takes another chance on him as a GM. I don't think so. Um you know, because I just think I think he may be a guy who is purely a scout and not a GM. Because I think he might have been overwhelmed by the GM position. But I'll say this: there's there are a couple teams that are going to be looking, and I think Jeff Island's going to get some look. You know, if you're in Cleveland, and after what you've gone through here now the last year and a half, um, there's a very strong chance that you're going to blow the whole thing up. You're going to be looking for a guy like maybe Ireland or John Dorsey, um, even Scott McLuhan. Uh, you know, one of those guys to come in and write the ship there. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, the Saints went into Carolina, beat the heck out of the Panthers, and they started to go on a little bit of a skid. The Falcons had went on a three-game losing streak. Well, now both those teams have kind of bounced back. They've put together some nice wins recently. And now the Saints, albeit you're on a seven-game win streak, but you're still looking in your rearview mirror saying, hey, look, the Panthers are right there, the Falcons are right there. Um, how concerned should the Saints be about those other teams and uh, you know the possibility of still trying to lock up this, uh, the, the NFC South? Well, statistically, Atlanta has played off the charts. Um, you know, the wins and losses haven't necessarily added up, and some of the things that they've done play calling wise make you go, you know, make you wonder what the heck is happening. <laughs> but in terms of like average yards per play, you know, the differential part of it, which is what a lot of gamblers look at when they're analyzing good teams versus bad teams and trends. Okay, and I'm not a gambler, but I I understand what those guys do, and I respect what those guys do because money's on the line. So you look at that, and the Falcons are way up there. All right, so this is a really good team that's gone through a little bit of transition and heartache coming in, coming back this year off of that Super Bowl loss, and with the change of offensive coordinator. So I'd be really concerned about them. Now, Carolina, look, they played really well the last two games, and I think Cam is getting it. And I think that the other thing is the coaching staff has just said, look, we're going to have to deal with fixing Cam or changing the offense in the offseason. And for the now, we're going to have to just let Cam be Cam and run the ball with him and create the running game off of what he does because we don't have a great running game if we're just doing standard things with Stewart and McCaffrey. And, you know, they've they've really pushed it to say, like, we'll, we'll go this way, and then when Cam is healthy in the offseason, then we'll work on the sort of dink and dunk stuff that we wanted to do with Samuel and McCaffrey. Now, I worry a little bit with the loss of Samuel, what that's going to impact. I know he wasn't uh, producing stats-wise, but he was the... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The guy who was supposed to take over after the Kelvin Benjamin trade, that's the, that's the reason they tra- traded Kelvin Benjamin, was to get him the ball more. Now you don't have him. 
we'll see what happens. They're going to have to get Greg Olson back here pretty soon. But this is a really good division. And, look, Tampa's got talent. They just they screwed it up. But they've got a lot of talent. That's a great, great division. Talking with Jason Cole, longtime NFL writer. One, one last one for you here, Jason. This has been a topic we've been discussing here for the past couple of weeks. But you always look ahead to the draft, and you look kind of ahead at the, the grand scheme of the NFL and how it's shaped up. And obviously quarterback play, there's been a lot of bad play this year. But when you look at this draft, this was supposed to be a really talent-rich draft at quarterback from Sam Darnold at USC, Josh Rosen, uh, Lamar Jackson, a lot of different names coming out in this draft potentially. But I thought the move the 49ers made was interesting. Go in and get Jimmy Garoppolo because that solves their quarterback issues, at least on paper for the time being. So you're going to have the Browns who are likely going to have the number one pick and they'll probably go quarterback there. But after that, there's a lot of interesting teams there, not with an immediate need at quarterback outside of, I think, the Cardinals. But, you know, you start talking about the Giants. They have to th- think life after Eli, the Chargers, life after Phillip Rivers. And so uh, just your general thoughts on how this draft's going to shape up with the quarterbacks with no, not a lot of teams with that immediate need at quarterback. Well, I'm talking to some people about the quarterbacks. They obviously think that Darnold is the best, you know, in terms of the size, the guts, his willingness to throw it in a traffic. Um, you know, now that's hurt him a little bit this year with some interceptions, but you know, you'd rather have a guy with the guts to throw it in there than not. Um, some concern about Rosen in terms of his foot speed, which I found surprising since he's a former tennis player. And Allen looks like you're just collection of you know physical skills who's really incredibly raw, and people are not sure what he is. All of that said, are they going to go in the first round? Yep, because there's just always need. There is an incredible need, and and I think I made the point earlier in this conversation. That if I didn't. Look at 13 teams already in this league. You know, if you count Tyrod Taylor and the Bills this week with them switching quarterbacks, since the beginning of training camp at the end of July, 13 teams changed direction, either you know because of poor play or because of injury, have had changed direction at quarterback. That's a third of the league, or more wow. than a third of the league, and we're we're just over halfway through the season. That's troubling, okay, and it's an indication that we're in a big sort of flux of where the quarterback position is going, hoping that some of the young guys like Goff and Wentz that we've talked about and that Mariota and Winston will eventually elevate their game and become those great players to replace guys like Peyton Manning, who retired, or Drew Brees is aging and you know probably going to retire here in the next two, three, four years, whatever it happens to be. You know, Brady, Roethlisberger started talking about retiring, Eli. And we're going to lose a lot of great quarterbacks here very shortly, and some of these guys better step up. And teams always, always have to get one of those guys. So yeah, regardless of whether those, you know, whether Allen Rosen and Darnold are actually really good, um, they're going to get drafted as if they're really good, just like what happened this year in the draft. He is Jason Cole, longtime NFL writer, Bleacher Report, Yahoo Sports. Follow him on Twitter at Jason Cole sixty two. Jason, thanks so much for jumping on, man. We always appreciate your insight. No problem. Take care. Thanks. All right, man. Talk to you soon, Jason Cole. Uh, right there joining us out of the gates. Take a quick break. We'll come back. Chris Gordy Show will get rolling here on a Thursday. This is Chris Gordy on Sports 1280, New Orleans. Again, I don't think we played our best football. I know that the challenges only become greater as we go along here. Um, you know, the ultimate goal in this season was not to be 7-2. and two. <laughs> You know, the ultimate goal is to continue to win, put ourselves in a position to, to win the division and go to the playoffs and, and, and see what happens. Um, 
I like the, the track that we're on. I think we're an ascending team. I think we continue to get better every week. Um, we found a bunch of different ways to win. Got a lot of guys that are playing well and gaining a lot of confidence along the way. Um, so we want to keep that going. It's Drew Brees of you New Orleans Saints talking with the media yesterday. We'll hear a little bit from him throughout the morning here on the Chris Gordy Show. Thanks for jumping on with us on this Thursday, November 16th, 2017. Appreciate Jason Cole for jumping on with us there in the first segment. Always fun to catch up with him. Uh, I think he's actually teaching now. He's a professor, but he's a longtime NFL writer. Uh, was with Bleacher Report and I think is kind of just on a hiatus with them. He still works for Bleacher Report, but uh, he's a longtime NFL writer. A lot of great insights, still a lot of great connections around the league. Always appreciate catching up with him. Let's welcome in producer Michael this morning. Is it Friday? It's not Friday yet. You have oh. one more day to go. I, I, my days have been off all week. For some reason, I came into the day thinking it was Friday. <laughs> and I really need it to be Friday. Well, wait till next week. You'll really get thrown off. Well, next week's Thanksgiving, yeah. right? We're off. Uh, we'll be out Thursday and Friday next week. We are? Yeah. Oh, sweet. That's, that's right. Right, Dave? Yeah. Yeah, we can take off Wednesday, too. Oh, I'm in. <laughs> you don't have to show up, Dave. I'm down with that. I'll sleep some more. I could use that sleep. So what we what that means is we need to load up on guests for tomorrow so we have stuff to run on our best of. <laughs> Let's just do an entire show full of guests. If you'd like just to be a guest, to 504-260-1280. Back-to-back guests. That's what we could do. You know who I really want to get, and I'm, and I'm working on this? Uh, I'm a graduate of the Manship School of Journalism at LSU. Uh-huh. They just hired. It's a goofy ass name, by the way. It's a it's a fa- it's the I name of care. the family. I would change my last name. The they just hired a uh, professor that I want to get on the show, and that's James Carville. We've got to get James Carville on the crazy Cajun. I don't even know what to ask him. <laughs> right. Well, years ago he had that rant on the BCS and how corrupt it was. ESPN. Basically, you just let him go. You just ask him whatever. You let him go. Like what kind of off the beaten path type of questions do you ask? Ask him. him what, how do you make? What do you put in a good roux? Okay. <laughs> what goes in? A, what goes in your gumbo? And that feels like a question you'd also ask Les Miles. Oh well, yeah. We got any progress on getting him back on? Yeah, I'm working on it. I reached out to his people. The problem was they they kind of shut him when those rumors came out that Les was interested in Oregon State. They kind of shut him down a little bit because they didn't want they didn't want him saying something. Well, they didn't want to. They didn't. I think they don't want to mess it up. <laughs> like they don't want his name surfacing in jobs. They don't want to even him to even comment on it. Well, I understand that. Just tell him we won't ask any questions about that. Tell him for real because we asked him four questions last time and he talked for 32 minutes. Yes. Which was amazing. No, like literally, he talked that long. Yeah, we like skipped every break. I showed you the questions I had prepared. We got through a third of them. Yeah, I got one question in, <laughs> and it was food on a stick. He, uh, no, Les is great. His new podcast will drop uh, today. I've not listened to any of them. Sorry, Les. I've I've listened to every I, single um, one of them. Last week, you know, it's cr- I'm I'm getting into my for me personally, like what podcasts I listen to and whatnot. I'm in that um I'm in that early off-season baseball mode because I love the winter meetings and free agency. So I've been listening to all those lately. It's been it's been weird. How about that that rumor that dropped yesterday that the Cardinals were inquiring about Giancarlo Stanton and that the Marlins basically are like immediately regretting that contract they gave him? Yeah, two hundred ninety-five million dollars like, for ten years. Hey, St. Louis, if you want to take that, feel free. There's, yeah, but St. Louis is arguing they shouldn't have to give up any prospects because they're like, if we're going to take on that contract, well, yeah, that any, should be the 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 punishment alone to take on that contract. Yeah, anybody that's willing to take that on shouldn't have to give up much at all. 
That's the crazy thing is that dude, John Carlos. But if he goes to the course, Cardinals, I mean, oof. it sucks that he's going to get traded for the Marlins because we won't see him on rehab assignments with the with the uh, I was going to call them the Zephyrs, the baby cakes. Yeah, but how how often does he have rehab assignments? Every year before this year, he's literally been yeah. hurt every year before this season, and he was incredible. He's going to be named the MVP tonight, probably, and he's going to get traded. He had fifty nine home runs. Baseball's weird. You can't build a team around a guy that hits 59 home runs and is the MVP and win. Way to go, Miami. You keep doing you. Well, Thanks that's... for costing us rehab assignments of drinking Carlos Stanton in the future. <laughs> I wanted to see monster bombs. But but here's the thing. Like, they really, if they if they would, just, just blow it up. Get a lot of, you know, trade as, trade as many big-level guys away as you can and build up that farm system. You're talking about having, like, some potential studs that could be playing for the baby cakes, you know? Yeah, that's true. Now that is true. Like you could be you could be having some some big time players come through with the cakes here soon. We fought we fought that, that we also means, the Astros also, and like when their two A and triple A teams had Bregman. Bregman and Carlos Correa, like they were selling out games. Like people were going to see them. Like that's the level of talent we want with the baby cakes. Yeah, I'm good with that. But I also wanted rehab starts from John Carlos Stanton. That's that's all I'm saying. He literally never played over 150 games before this past season in a single season. He had missed time in every single... Or no, he played 150 games once. It's incredible. Always hurt. But hits the ball really far. Yeah. That's that's what I've been doing. I haven't been uh, keeping up with the other stuff. I've been listening to all that stuff because I'm fascinated by uh, a potential MVP. It's just like when, when those big trades happen in basketball to get moved and because your team can't win with that person. It just blows my mind. The contract is stupid, though. Where would you bat him in that lineup next to Matt Carpenter and... Sure, he's trying to go full power. They can go with he can be a cardinal, which I doubt he's going to accept a trade there. They're not going to be any good. Like that team's not good. He needs to accept a trade. He what he wants is to go home to the Dodgers. They're not going to trade for him though because they're trying to get on the luxury tax. The Yankees have apparently yeah, I, checked in. If I'm the Marlins, I say okay. Uh, yeah, you, we'll we'll give we'll give you Stanton Dodgers, but we're going to start with you giving us Kershaw, and we'll go from there. No, they will. They'll they'll say Bellinger. But they won't yeah, do that. Cody Bellinger. If they want, if they want a player that's worth a damn, they'll do a bunch of, or, you know, they have to take all the money back, or the or the Marlins have to pay a ton of the money. But that's the crazy, you know. I don't think he's going to end up as a Yankee. I don't think he's going to end up as a Dodger. I think my guess is going to stick stick with the. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. The San Francisco Giants. They need power in the worst way. Who's that? The San Francisco Giants. Getting Stan? Getting Stan. The Giants oh. are the Red Sox. That, that's my guess. God, I hate the Red Sox. I hate the Red Sox, too. Oh. I want them to just go away. and so, Well, you know, I hate them, but the Astros beat them, so whatever. This is what happens when I get on my baseball. Okay. 
A quick minute here for our friends over at Hover Helmets. If you love LSU football, you're looking for the perfect gift for the Tiger fan in your life. Holidays are coming up. The answer is Hover Helmets. It's perfect for young people, old people, and uncle, cousin, nephew, whoever. It's an authentic replica mini helmet. It's got the LSU logo on it. Hovers and spins in midair. No strings attached. It uses a magnetic force. It looks really cool. If you have kids, they can use it as a nightlight because it's got this little LED lighting underneath it. Hover Helmets has an expanded selection of college football teams, so if LSU is not your team, there's plenty of other schools to choose from on their website. Just go to HoverHelmets.com, H-O-V-E-R, Helmets.com. At Sports 1280 listeners are going to get a 20% discount and free shipping. Just have to enter the promo code 1280 at checkout. That's promo code 1280. Get 20% off and free shipping at HoverHelmets.com. Hover Helmets, the next level in sports memorabilia. New Orleans Sports Talk about your favorite teams. Sports 1280. Welcome back in. Chris Cordy show rolls on on a Thursday. I'm always high like a plane. Looking forward to life. Another big weekend of football. LSU going out to Knoxville to take on the Tennessee Volunteers. About to get that ass whipped. Well, I just saw, again... This is from our buddy Ross Dellinger, the Baton Rouge Advocate. Edge rusher Arden Key remains questionable for this week's game mm-hmm. against Tennessee. Ed Ogeron <laughs> well, said yesterday, you know what? I'm starting to think we might have seen the last of Arden Key. I think, we, I think we have, too. You called that a while ago, and uh, I completely agree at Look, this point. I, I, I said it's almost a guarantee he's not going to play in the bowl game. Uh, I thought I thought he would at least get him against Tennessee and then mysteriously there'd be some injury where oh he's he's questionable for the week against AM and doesn't play. I didn't think it'd start two weeks prior, so Yeah. You know, here we are. Arden Key's still very questionable for this weekend. And my guess is he probably won't play this week, probably won't play next week, and then won't play in the bowl game. And we've seen the last of Arden Key in LSU uniform. Well he at least got his bleep together there for a while. He did. He did. And and give him credit for that. I mean, if you don't have him against Alabama, you you might lose by 28. I mean, that guy was that he had a beast of a game that day and he really came on. He dropped the weight that he had put on, you know, in the offseason and came in really fat. I mean, against uh, what Miss, Mississippi State and then Syracuse and Troy and then he got his crap together. Started eating right, started dropping the LBs and started to look good, but uh Ross Dellinger says Arden Key, the junior All-American, has missed the first three days of practice this week while nursing a knee injury. He injured a knee injury. Said he injured it last week in the win over Arkansas. KJ Malone has not practiced or played since injuring his left knee against Florida, and that sucks because KJ is a senior, and you'd, you'd like to see him finish out the year. Ogeron did leave the possibility that Malone could return for the finale against A and M, and that'd be great for him because I think he's a draft prospect, probably a mid to late round draft prospect. And also your dad being Carl Malone gets you a little bit of recognition as well. But uh, Coach O said yesterday, KJ Malone is questionable. I don't know what's going to happen with him next week, but he is walking around looking a lot better. He was spotted on crutches during the Auburn game a week after his injury, but he's been off crutches, or he was off crutches last week against Arkansas. So take that for what it's worth. Some other notes from uh, LSU practice. Ogeron again lamented his field goal kicking, said Connor Culp has made eight straight field goals or rather, he did make uh, eight straight field goals before missing a 32-yarder and back-to-back extra points this past week. 
Coach O said, Connor's done a good job. Thought our field goal problems were gone. We're going to keep the competition open. Connor just had a bad day. Can't have another bad day. It happens. But well, just put the Tiger back out there in the stadium and let him you know, force him to kick that's, that way. That's what and they that's, did last time. Yeah, that's what woke him up. That's what got him together. Oh, let, let old Mike roam Tiger Stadium and you're good. Ogeron said the Tiger staff watched some of UT interim coach Brady Hoke's teams in Michigan to prepare for some possible changes he could implement in the offense. He said, oh, I went back and looked at some Michigan film, types of blitzes they do on the, on defense, great zone blitz teams, some stuff they did on special teams. They may employ it, they may not. Why not? Cover your bases and see it. I'm not too worried about Brady Hoke's Michigan teams. They were kind of bad <laughs> after that first yeah, year. Yeah, they played uh, – I, I actually went to that bowl game in the Superdome when they played Virginia Tech – and, I mean, the whole upper deck, it was basically pick your seat. Like, you could have sat anywhere because it was just, it was weird. It's like Michigan versus Virginia Tech in the Sugar Bowl. Like That was his first year at was Michigan, it? I yeah. think so. Yeah, cause they, I know they, it was early on. After that, they went down the freaking, like, I mean, real quick. They Each year, they you know won less games than they had the year before. Uh, that was the first game I've ever gone to when I didn't have a rooting interest for any team, and it's, re- it's always bizarre. If you've ever it? done that, it's yeah. really weird. I've done it to a few. Mike, um, I've told you, my cousin goes to Alabama, and we typically oh, go. Oh God, you should always root for whoever is playing. Well, them. we go when they play the Aggies. Oh, that's a hard. T- I have hard zero choice. interest in rooting for either team, so I yeah. just go to the game and watch it. Like that's all it typically is. Um, and, and I've been to a few NBA. I've been to a few San Antonio Spurs games. One time they're playing the Jazz. Like I hate both those teams. I'm sitting there at this game. It was terrible. It is bizarre though to go to those things. It's bizarre going to a Super Bowl or anything and watching these. It's like, That's true. I went. I went to the one in New Orleans, uh, the the 49ers Ravens game, and that I literally and it was a fun game because it after the the blackout happened, you know the teams were going back and forth and there were. Some points scored there in the fourth quarter, and I literally just didn't care. I'm yeah. like, I don't care who wins this. Not at I all. I think part of me was rooting for the New Orleans native Jacoby Jones and the Ravens, but Not me. it really didn't matter to me. Um, did by you the see way, the if, big... Colin, if Colin Kaepernick wins that game, his legacy is much different as a Yeah, as a he probably also doesn't take a knee and doesn't uh, get a girlfriend that you know drives him into doing this. By the way, did you see the big news on Brady Hoke for this week? No. He's going to wear a headset. If you remember him from his Michigan days, yeah. he never wore a headset. Wow. He's going to wear a headset against LSU. And his record each year, he was there for four years. He went 11-2, 8-5, 7-6, 5-7. and They got worse every single year he was there from well, his initial year, which was actually good. They won the Sugar Bowl that you went to. I think we should start loading up on Tennessee plus 14. I don't think so. You don't think it'll be different with him on the headset? More communication? Nope. Not one bit. I think it's going to be the same old Brady Hoke, which has got this look on his face like he just smelled a fart and he can't figure out what's going on in the football field. Have you seen, has the line moved at all? I have not checked it out. I've been hitting my uh, NBA in bit, by the way. Shout out LeBron James and the Cavs. Thank you very much for a huge night last night. Appreciate you. Yeah, by the way, it's up to 15 and a half. So it started at 14 a few days ago, up to 15 and a half Tennessee. Man. I'm sorry, plus 15 and a half for Tennessee. Okay. Uh, Tulane, plus nine and a half at home for Houston. That feels like, even if Houston's going to win that game, it feels like it's going to be a close one. I might jump on Tulane there. I think I would, too. Houston hasn't been all that. You and you know. know what? Nine and a half points, but we don't need them. Give me Tulane straight up, baby. They're going to win these last two. They're going to get to a bowl game. Okay. I don't know about that one. They, but. They've beat Houston a couple times in recent years. Yeah. 
Houston still got some players on that defense. Ed Oliver, yeah, kind of a big deal. I don't know, but even with Ed Oliver, Houston's dropped three games this year. So, yeah, but he's kind of a beast still. He causes issues for any opposing offense. Did you see this this story on Danny Etling? Uh, Coach O kind of made it a little bit clearer what the injury was yesterday on his teleconference. So Danny's Danny Etling's back stiffened up during warmups before LSU's, back. before LSU's game against Arkansas. I remember he had that surgery on his back in the offseason. Uh, Ogeron revealed on Wednesday, said uh, Danny re-injured his back throwing the ball before the game. He got knotted up a little bit. That's all that was. Our trainer, Jack Marucci, did a great job. Etling went through the game with some pain, but he made it through it. Ogeron said Etling is a lot healthier now, something the senior quarterback echoed earlier in the week. On Monday morning in his news conference, Ogeron said Etling did play hurt in the victory. Etling had an unusual pregame warm-up. He came onto the field well after all the players had returned to the locker room, and he and a, an equipment manager threw the ball around the field. And, you know, look, I, I guess if he played hurt, his numbers look good in the second half. So props, there's nothing, to, props there's, to Etling. Yeah, there's nothing worse than backs. The, the cortisone shot took effect there in the yeah. second half. Anybody saying, or Toradol, whatever they think. Yeah, whatever that is. Uh, anybody that deals with backs knows that that's the... I, I'm a person that occasionally deals with my back bugging me during the day like it's not very often it's probably you know if i had to average it out once a month or i have a day where it just hurts the worst is have you ever had back pain on the golf course oh my god oh you might as well just hang it up i was playing can't even play when i was in high when i was in high school i played football and baseball and my last year i'd quit football because i got hurt and then I played baseball, and I was told my last year of high school, I was like, they're like, we can't guarantee you're going to play every single game. And I was like, okay, then I'm done. I went and played golf. And I did something one morning going to one of those golf tournaments, and I went and played golf because I wanted to skip school once a week, which was fantastic. One of the greatest moves of my life. I wish I'd done it all four years. I went through an entire tournament with my back. I could barely like move. It was the worst thing ever, and I'm out here swinging a golf club. I shot that day the worst round of my I shot 156, and I'm not even kidding. Look, you'll look stupid when you put the club under your under your elbows and kind of do that back and back and forth rocking motion. But I tell you what, it helps helps yeah. to stretch out. Ba- ba- and backs typically don't like if it's bad, they don't get better. I always well, love that when guys, you know, football or in, in any sport have a back injury. It's like, oh well, he'll, they just assume everybody's coming back. It's like you know that backs typically don't get better, even with surgery. Speaking of coming back, Coach O said yesterday he is preparing for early departures. Feels like it's just it's a theme at LSU. It always happens, guys. You don't want to leave, just leave early because they all think they're they're going to get drafted high. I'm talking about you, Malachi Dupree, and um, you can run down the list of guys who left early and should have stayed. Uh, just as he is with the cornerback position, Ogeron is preparing for the potential of losing some draft-eligible juniors on the O-line. Left guard Garrett Brumfield, center Will Clapp, and right tackle Toby Weathersby are all eligible to leave. LSU has lost 25 underclassmen to the draft over the past five years. So there may be a couple guys we lose to the draft as juniors. I don't know that yet, but we need to be ready for that in recruiting. I need to bring more O-linemen onto this roster. We lost nine offensive linemen in a year and a half off this roster. That's a lot. He said, um, uh, when asked about losing juniors, he said, we don't know that yet. Always got to look at the young, at your juniors and talk to them. You never can take anything for granted, but you have to have a plan in case they go. I think, I mean, look, I'll never... If a guy wants to leave, he wants to leave, and, and once he makes that decision, the decision's made. But he better be listening think, to the right people, though. I think, and look, we haven't seen at practice, but how much of those guys buying into the likes of Miles Brennan, Clyde Edwards-Elair, 
and then that defense. And look, I think that defense is going to be real. Look at how many freshmen you've played this year that are going to be better. You're going to have Greedy Williams. You're going to have Grant Delpit. You're going to have uh, Devin White, the freaking leader in the SEC in tackle. Like, you're going to have some really good pieces on that mm-hmm. defense. So you know they'll be good. How much faith do you have in Miles Brennan and Matt Canada in that offense next year? And, I know you have a lot. And they've got a lot of young receivers, and they're going to, and they're going to recruit some more and bring some more guys in. But if I'm an offensive lineman for LSU, I look at that and go, you know what? We get Alabama at home next year. Tell you what, let's make a run at this. Let's let well, let's all come back for our senior year. Let's make a run at this. Nothing would make me happier if that happened. But again, it just it rarely happens. Those guys, those guys go out and they get. Uh, well, yeah, especially in a sport that's so violent and you can end at any single second. You right. might as well go get your money while you can get your money. But I think all those guys will be middle of the pack right now. Brumfield, Clap, and Weathersby. Clap had a high had a high stock. Uh, uh, I think last yeah, year. It always but, comes back down to who's giving them. Like when you see these guys go, I always, I don't, I, I shouldn't say that. I, it, I don't know. You hate that it happens to young people that like they, that things don't work out well. But when they go, when they go out early and then they don't get drafted, it's like well, how the thing stupid was like, are they, you? LSU does a good job of evaluating. They put them through the ringer of that that test, and the test comes back and tells them where they grade out. Right. And with Malachi Dupree, they came back with the report and said, yeah, you rank somewhere in the middle to the back end of the draft. And he still took those results. Yeah, some guys look at the player said, well, wants to do go. it, then go. And he ended up going in the seventh round to the Packers. Had an okay and an up and down preseason with them. Ends up getting cut. And I think he's on the Bills practice squad now, making next to nothing. But that guy would have killed in the Mad Canada offense this year. Like, he would have been this as big of a year as DJ Chark had. Dupree would have killed. I mean, he would have put up monster numbers. It would have probably been a first or second round pick, depending on what he did this year. So, I just say, I mean, sometimes sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. And, you know, look, you just wish those kids make the best decision. But I'm, I'm always for LSU. I always want, you know, LSU to be set up for success. And more guys that leave early sucks. Yeah, it does suck. You hate it, but... Take a quick break. We'll come back. One more segment to go this hour. Stay there. Back to the Chris Gordy Show on Sports 1280, New Orleans. Welcome back, Chris Gordy Show on a Thursday. Two weeks left of the college football regular season. This really sucks. I hate this time of year. It just... It's fun because the college football rankings, we start to get a a better idea of the playoffs and the bowl games, some of the bowl matchups, but it just sucks because it's like, man, we really only have two more weeks of college football and this thing's over already. The the beginning of the season is the best because you have that optimism. You have that, man, anything can happen. Your team is still alive. You know, like these last two weeks always just, it's like, God, two games left and that's it. Yeah, Um, it sucks, but you know what? But the the, the inter- it's basketball time. The interesting thing, yeah, not SEC basketball time. Um, the interesting part about this or the year, Pelicans though, is losing to the Raptors last night. Yeah, we'll get to that later. The coaching searches. I mean, there's going to be a lot of coaches out, especially in the SEC. And I was just reading an article uh, from the AP just now on Brett Bielema's future in question after Jeff Long got fired what? yesterday. No and, way. Yeah. It's only in question because Jeff Long got fired. No, it should have been. In, it was in question before because he sucks at his job. Brett Bielema was asked yesterday directly if he was, if either he or his representation had taken part in any conversations with Jeff Long about his future. No, Bielema said. Turns out it was Long's future that should have been up for questioning, as Jeff Long was fired yesterday. The athletic director of Arkansas, nearly a decade there. So what to do with Bielema? Long was 
resolute in his support of the fifth-year coach until he stopped talking publicly and started declining interview requests about it earlier this season. Long had said back in September, I'm 100% behind Brad Bielema. He is our football coach, he's building a program, and he's doing many, many things right. Well, now that you fired Jeff Long, how much longer does Brad Bielema have if that was the only guy in the building Two weeks. supporting him? Two weeks and he's out. That's what it sounds like. With the buyout dropping to 5.9 mil after the season, it sounds like Bielema will be done. Yeah, and it would be smart to be now, moving on now if you're the, Arkansas. We've, we've talked about this many times. Now, the latest rumors are pretty interesting. The one that's getting hot and heated the past couple of days is that Chip Kelly could be heading to Florida. And that would be... look. That I've seen videos... Florida has needed a I've good seen, offense for since Tim Tebow left. I've seen people been tweeting out videos of live cameras of the Gainesville airport, like... Oh my God! Yesterday, I think there was like there was a, a blue or was a Florida Gator colored golf cart waiting to pick somebody up from a plane. Everybody's like, Oh my God! Who's gonna get out of there? Who's gonna get out of that plane and get in that cart? I, and I don't think it ever moved. Yeah, or it's like just some dignitary or somebody coming yeah. to visit. Um, yeah. The other one that's that keeps catching steam is John Gruden in Tennessee, and apparently, I mean there there's been confirmed reports that Gruden has talked to Tennessee. And been spotted around the campus in recent weeks, but no, that means anything. It, it could just be him. Okay, yeah, I'll listen. I'll, I'll hear what you guys have to say. But look, I'm pretty set on my TV job right now. So, but the the backup plan seems to be like that's the one plan one A one B is that they would go after Dan Mullen and and like we talked about yesterday with uh, our buddy uh, Tony Basilio up there in Knoxville, that wouldn't be like you could do a lot worse than that. Dan Mullen's been really good at Mississippi State, and you know he struck gold with Dak Prescott. And he's got Nick Fitzgerald, who's a really good quarterback right now, but he doesn't have the best of resources at Mississippi State. You can't recruit. I mean, in in, in the state of Mississippi, he's competing with Ole Miss. He's right down the road from Tuscaloosa, competing with Nick Saban for recruits. I mean, it's it's a lot of it's tough to recruit there in, in Starkville, Mississippi. I mean, how do you go sit in somebody's living room and sell them on Starkville, Mississippi? He goes to Stark Knoxville. Vegas, baby. If he goes to Knoxville, he's going to have a lot more resources. You know, basically, you can recruit the whole state of Tennessee, and I think Dan Mullen would win at Tennessee. And and you look at the East. I mean, Kirby Smart's building something at Georgia, but you know, Florida's going to be starting from scratch. So, hey, if I'm Dan Mullen, I'd consider. I mean, get out of the West. Like you have to play every year: LSU, Alabama, Ole Miss. Like and the money would be A&M, stupid like, good. Get, yeah, get out it's of the West. Good. It's good no matter what. I mean, maybe he just likes Starkville. Maybe he just likes being God of Mississippi. So those are those are the ones. I mean, right now it sounds like Florida's going to get Chip Kelly. It sounds like Tennessee's either going to get... I love how get, you're just assuming all these things in I'm, college football I'm, coaching. I'm just searches. locking it in. I'm locking it in. Tennessee's either going to get Gruden or Mullen. What does A&M do? And what do you make of the rumors that Jimbo Fisher could jump ship at Florida State? I make zero of the Jimbo Fisher rumors because have you seen the buyout on his contract? That's the biggest hurdle ever. I don't care how much money any program but has. But it could be a mutual parting away. If Florida There's State's no fed up with way. him, and there's no like, way. hey, look, Jimbo, maybe you're better just leaving. And Jimbo says, I want to leave. Do you really think that's going to happen? Could. No, it's not. The guy won him a championship. It ain't happening. Fans of, fans will turn on you pretty quickly. Yeah, they they can turn, they're not year. turning on him because you know why? His team is is bad because of injury. Like, that's what happened. They're not getting rid of Jimbo Fisher. They're not going to say, hey, Jimbo, see you later. His buyout is roughly $40 million. What if Nobody a- on this What if earth, A&M offers to pay part of it? There's no way. 
I don't care how much money your school makes. There is no coach worth spending $40 million on a buyout on. There really isn't. So who does A&M go after then? Somebody else. It feels like they would have to settle. Like they probably have to get Chad Morris out of SMU or something like. And I think Chad Morris will eventually be a really good coach. But a, a program like A and M with all the resources. I mean, and you talk about like attractive jobs in the in the SEC. That job is very attractive from a, with from all a the stadium renovations yeah. they've made, all the the weight rooms, the 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 whirlpools. I mean, zero it's, history of winning though. But, Z- but a very low but a ta- tradition. I know, and a, and a talent base that is very bad a, right a now. A cult-like tradition with yeah. songs and holding hands and putting arms around shoulders and swaying back and forth at midnight. Having sex with your sister. Well, no, nah, it's more Tuscaloosa. Uh, I wouldn't put it past the Aggies. Our number one is in the books. When we come back, a whole lot more we've got to get into. Saints, LSU, and Pelicans talk. Ugh, tough loss last night. We'll get. We'll talk about it all after this. Chris Gordy Show rolls on. Stay there. It looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole. It's in the hole. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.